0: Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast Designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, so we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. But first, I have a little preview of what is in store for this specific episode. It was like, oh, I'm going to practice with these people. Um, And rowing, it made it so easy because I mean, it's not a a beautiful sport. not like you're dancing or anything like it's not I just think of like yeah. comparing it no to span ballet next. No <laughs>
1: span next there.
0: yeah yeah so and like you're just like grueling you're like on the verge of tears like red face everything yeah. and so it kind of it was a good practice for me because it let down my guard of like oh you you want to have this image that you're putting out of like Yes, I'm super feminine and I am proud of that, but Mm -hmm. I also can be strong and that it started probably sophomore year when I really started Mm -hmm. picking up like lifting and rowing and looking into competing at the collegiate level. And that's when I started to kind of get insecure in, I don't want to lift. I don't want to be able to lift more than the guys at my high school because I was so nervous that that would play into like, oh, they're not going to be attracted to me.
1: I was a little on the opposite side. Like I really had a hard time retaining muscle. Like yeah. I did start working out at a young age but mm-hmm. just genetically my parents have always been. Yeah. My dad's pretty tall and thin and my mom is as well. Um, But it was kind of like in my head though, since growing up brothers, 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 you know. It was like, in my why, head, can't, why yeah, am I not Yeah, so I was strong? like, why am I not as strong? Yeah. And I always wanted to be like as strong as my brothers. I always wanted to like put them in a fight
0: So I love that clip because it's the first time I really open up about my insecurities in high school about lifting. And when I was younger, it was just interesting to hear, you know, of course, Aaliyah express kind of, I don't want to say the opposite, but a different type of struggle with her athleticism journey to strength and coming to terms with our bodies all being different and wanting to change different aspects and so I just really appreciated Aaliyah being willing to share about how she always wanted to like physically match her brothers. So I think it was very wholesome of Aaliyah, just like of course to talk about her brothers and you know, take a a trip down memory lane. But I think that conversation has some real depth to it. And that's why I chose it as our preview clip. But with that being said, so this week we are joined by Aaliyah Rashid. She's one of my closest friends here in Indy. And there's so much we go into. I really can't wait for you all to hear it. I think our friendship like really shows when we kind of just like a couple minutes in start like really diving into it um just like talking around bouncing about around all different topics and i was trying to think of the best way to summer this summarize this episode because we really go around you know from like talking about where we're from growing up our family structure femininity and masculinity and what that both means for us athletics podcasting etymology, which i think is so funny um travel self-discovery you know family lineage there's so much that encompasses all of that and the best way I could think to summarize it is that our past lives shape our current self and so that's why I titled the episode this I hope you enjoy it there's also some funny moments um you know Aaliyah like barracudas just like the fish we talk about that which is so fun um a little easter egg for you to go and find but do you know what a barracuda is if you don't make sure to listen um if you if you don't know what that is be sure to listen and we also talk about why this podcast was founded. So if you don't know, um, all the answers to those kinds of questions lie ahead. Enjoy. So welcome to the learn to learn. Oh my god! <laughs> welcome to the learn to listen podcast. Today we are joined by Aaliyah. Aaliyah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy we could finally make time, um, to set aside. Some time and get to talk. I know um, we've been trying to plan this out for a while. Aliyah and I, for background, are connected through the Or Fellowship. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a postgraduate program that pairs really elite talent with a partner company in Indianapolis. And so welcome, Aliyah. I thought we could start off first with background, you know, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Um, all that jazz.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mariah, for having me. I'm uh, happy this finally finally played yes. out, panned out, shall I say? Um, so I grew up in Streeter, Illinois. It's about two hours southwest of mm-hmm. Chicago, and the last train outside the city kind of stops about twenty it's minutes away from me. <laughs> so if that gives a little perspective where I'm at, mm-hmm. where I was at, uh, little rule, you know, it was called Streeter, town called Streeter. Mm-hmm. Love that place. Kind of small. And, um, we had a pretty little bit of a rough town, but, a, but a family oriented town. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew a lot of people about 13,000 and the high school had about 60, 70% of kids on free or reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like being in that small town and kind of rural, really my mom promoted reading and just thinking big. And that kind of inspired me for my future uh, to always have huge goals and know I can, you know, do whatever I want as long as I put mm-hmm. my mind to it. So yeah. that kind of inspired you know, my love for traveling. I then attended Butler University. Um, I majored in international business and marketing and then focused on in environmental studies. Mm-hmm. I was pretty involved there in yeah. vo- <laughs> volleyball, club volleyball, business fraternity, um, sorority, Delta Gamma. And just kind of threw myself in that for a while and had a post-grad opportunity yeah. similar to you <laughs> and through OR Fellowship. And I'm working at Qantas International, so in the global impact space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's a little brief. Brief snap. <laughs> just brief. I'll try be, and get, yeah, to try get
0: to give your whole um, yeah. background in a couple minutes. Yeah. It's I've never really talked to you. And for those of you who don't know, Aliyah and I are like besties in Indy. Just met though. Um, in June, so we've never really gotten a chance to like talk one on one
1: and like
0: really dive into our path. Like, I feel like when we met, it was like we took everything we had and like we're connected through the fellowship and just ran with it. So, it's so funny hearing you talk about like your mom and growing up and her kind of instilling in you like dreaming big because I've kind of noticed in your personality, like you. And I'm I'm curious if you if you'll uh, if you've kind of if you, this is intentional or if it's just something yeah. you do, but you don't really shy away from asking people to like elaborate on like stuff in their life of like if someone's like, oh, like this is something I'm doing at work or this is something that I've done before. And you're like, oh, like, why did you do that? Or mm-hmm. like, what did you learn from that? And I really I like do you, yeah. do you notice? You no, thank, do that? No,
1: thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I, I think that very philosophy and purpose-driven um and that can sometimes it can when I ask things like that about the purpose of what what's that why to that project or what's you know I don't ever want to make someone uncomfortable asking that but in my in me it's like you know that tells me about you and I I really genuinely like care about getting to know people and their root because Mm -hmm. I I just like for myself I like knowing I, I guess like they were and who they've become because that really tells like a lot about who they are as a person and when I can mesh with someone like you like that um it's interesting because we didn't share much about our past yeah and a a big part of my past I I guess well I am present but I, I did have three brothers growing up I was the only girl so Kind of a motherly figure. There's one older, two went to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, (laughs) yeah, just where he went, and then a younger one still in high school. But growing up with boys in the family, I think I like thought of myself as one of the guys Mm -hmm. until kind of of late in life. Okay, so that's why. Did you ever have like a tomboy phase? I'm so curious. I I like, so my mom told me she has a picture of me with my shirt off when I was about seven. Work, <clears throat> working outside yeah with my brothers and my dad uh-huh. and we all oh had our shirts off oh my yeah. gosh that is so funny and so I just like <laughs> group mentality all the way yeah up. and I wouldn't have like necessarily thought of that older woman, she told me that and my mom scrapbook so she documented our entire childhood
0: oh my gosh I, I need yeah. to do those at some point
1: <laughs> it just like made me think back and like how long did I like really you know mm-hmm. was like, like
0: subscribe to that of like yeah that. like I am I am just another like exactly. brother here, yeah, like so trying to fit in
1: my way of and I was into sports, played three sports all four years of high school, mm-hmm. loved them, um, almost played in college, but I wasn't necessarily good enough to go to one, <laughs> so like you are <laughs> hopefully um, so I just decided to play club in college, but I forced my quote, quote forced myself mm-hmm. in college to join a sorority, not force I, I wanted to mm-hmm. um, to finally like understand. I have a hard time saying this, femininity. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what we're all here for. Yeah, I mean, I encourage no, you to like, share about it. Yeah. So let's dive like, into it. I wanted to, like, join a sorority. I mm-hmm. lived with 89 girls in one room for I can't two even years. imagine that. <laughs> one room. We all <laughs> slept in one room. But it was just, like, finally, I was like, I need to explore. Like, I grew up with only brothers. And mm-hmm. I had great girlfriends all through high school. And we were really close. Right. You know, stayed at each other's houses. So it was great. But, like... It was different like living with them in the same home. So college and that in the sorority for a few years, I just I learned so much about like woman mm-hmm. and womanhood. And I, I wouldn't change that for anything. So I, I just feel like I have a decent view mm-hmm. on brotherhood, brothers, <laughs> and then brothers. womanhood. Do you <laughs> right. see, you feel like that. Yeah, yeah. you being on a team of women. Yeah. You know probably felt that in college as well. But. Yeah,
0: I think, so I think it, for me, it's interesting because I would have never growing up, older sister, younger brother mm-hmm. and Daniel, my, my loving younger brother definitely had to like, we would, I mean, we would like dress him up and like, yeah, yeah. he was, he was playing the video games that we wanted to play. Like, I mean, until he got up to an age where he'd be like, no, I want to play this or anything yeah, like no. that. So he definitely, I mean, He was so patient with us growing up, looking back on it now, because we definitely tested his patience. But I think it's interesting because I really only, I was definitely like a girly girl growing up. Mm -hmm. Like I,
1: like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do love like my flashes of color and like my jewelry and everything. So, I mean... I would, when my sister and brother and my dad would all go and watch like adventure movies or action movies, my mom and I, had rom-coms. Like yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Okay. since I can remember. So I definitely was on the more like feminine side growing up. And I think I only, and I was like terrified of guys probably until- I would say like sophomore year of high school, when I started, literally I'm like, like they would just like make me so nervous. Like, I think like that's, you know, the age you're, you're growing up and it's coming of age and everything. And so I, I mean, I had like guy friends, but trying to discover like who you were along with guys and guy friends, I didn't really start to get confident in that until it was rowing. And that's because in high school, our rowing teams, the men's and the women's teams practice together.
1: So you were always a little like aware yes. of how you were acting of how you
0: exactly. Were. Yeah. So yeah. you were always like, it was like, Oh, I'm going to practice with these people. Um, and rowing it made it so easy. Cause I mean, it's not a, it's not a beautiful sport, <laughs> not like you're dancing or anything like it's not I just think of like comparing it no span to ballet next.
1: No span next there.
0: yeah yeah so and like you're just like grueling you're like on the verge of tears like red face everything yeah. and so it kind of it was a good practice for me because it let down my guard of like oh you you want to have this image that you're putting out of like yes, I'm super feminine and I am proud of that, but Mm -hmm. I also can be strong. And that it started probably sophomore year when I really started Mm -hmm. picking up like lifting and rowing and looking into competing at the collegiate level. And that's when I started to kind of get insecure in, I don't want to lift. I don't want to be able to lift more than the guys at my high school, because I was so nervous that that would play into like, oh, they're not going to be attracted to me. So that's like where yeah. that relationship came into play. I now consider myself, I'm like, oh, I have a, like such a great support system in my guy friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't think I really would have had that confidence to have like those guy friends in high school and college and outside of college now, if it hadn't been for that, rowing. Form of, yeah. Yeah. Kind of the
1: so, formative like, experience of embracing... Like muscles exactly of, embracing like your your body for what it yes. is Even though rowing you have to be strong yeah i rowers yeah you can't Are, i mean you can't I mean, back up no yeah. you can't yeah. and like if you want to be a d1 collegiate athlete in that you i mean you have to mm-hmm. like,
0: yeah to you kind of have
1: to like strong yeah and you, you have, have to have get to, over that which
0: to, yeah luckily i had like great high school coaches who kind of taught that to me so when i went to college, it was a different story than when I started out rowing, Mm -hmm. um, in high school, but that's like kind of, it sounds like the role that your sorority sisters played of like, I don't know, like I just picture hearing either hearing from my friends, but like what to wear and like what to say and how to present yourself and like all of those social skills that came Mm -hmm. from your sorority. I feel like I got the opposite of that, of like how to put myself out there and still be feminine but also mm-hmm. like strong and like mm-hmm. figure out the masculinity and like
1: mm-hmm.
0: how to navigate all of that and like if there is an insecure man who is who's my strength makes them insecure mm-hmm. navigating that and like how to I guess approach it
1: yeah yeah well thank no thank you for sharing that's yeah. that's it's really I know my my best friend she uh shout out Delaney Jackson <laughs> Delaney <laughs> Johnson <laughs> So she's <laughs> a fifth year playing D one softball right now, okay. third baseman, mm-hmm. and that I mean that girl could live more. Yeah. than three quarters, if not ninety five percent of the guys were in high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know,
0: we had, like that was me, about, like we yeah, like had talks yeah. about
1: that. And I guess I mean I I was a little on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Like I really had a hard time retaining muscle. Like yeah. uh, I did start. Working out at a young age, but just genetically, my parents have always been. Yeah. My dad's pretty tall and thin, and my mom is as well. Um, but it was kind of like in my head, though, since growing up, brothers, 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 you know, it was like why my can't, head, I'm, why Yeah, am I not so I strong. was like, why am I not as strong? Yeah. And I always wanted to be. Like as strong as my brothers, I always wanted to like put them in a fight. Yeah, though, like you like, know, I have to should, win. Yeah, and they shouldn't have fought me. Like we, we yeah. kind of did, did. Right. Yeah, probably a little like too late in life. Those were a little, a <laughs> little more aggressive fights. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah. Okay. So that kind of did change in college, and that's like again we're fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, but, keep that in mind. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Reflecting back on my you know my past eight years, um, yeah. That's why I, I, the sorority kind of was.
0: In like the time, it was yeah.
1: difficult sometimes, of course, but like I, I, learned so much from different women from across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's different that's, mindsets, different mm-hmm. backgrounds. Um,
0: diverse
1: yeah. to to a degree. I mean, Butler was still so predominantly white school by far, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I think that's the similar feel of like getting other perspectives. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the rowing team served
1: for me mm-hmm. of like,
0: this is your group of women while you're away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Some I Common
1: interest, like you mm-hmm. that common. And that's the beauty of a sport. And granted yeah. though, I didn't play D1 college ball. like It's still though it yeah. carries across like any team. My girls throughout yeah. college, my club girls were, we played year rounds and you know they were totally different than my sorority mm-hmm. sisters and <laughs> I laugh and say that. but they're just totally different groups yeah even though we like just having that one commonality can be nice but also you know being with people that you are really different from is mm-hmm. like that's what I do see yeah at. I mean in order to like feel like in my perspective get a full full life like I want to see how different perspectives. Again, yeah, granted, I was in the Butler bubble, so I don't want to act like I was, you know.
0: Right. I mean, I was in the Notre Dame bubble. Any school. Well, you no, go yeah, to you have a bubble.
1: bubble. But I guess, yeah, speaking of that, <laughs> way like you and I think I have broadened our perspectives mm-hmm. and not, you know, people don't use the term perspective like too, too often <laughs> exactly. and I, I need, I'm kind of big into words. I like like since I was oh my gosh school, you're, you're you
0: that, yeah. okay you have to you have to tell the story in your
1: journal. so <laughs> now starting in high school i don't know why like words that i read them this kind of spurred from probably like Love for reading mm-hmm. and different. Well, I don't want to act like a red all the time, like <laughs> love for reading sports, just different here. Yeah, here things I would write them down in like one journal. Mm-hmm. So like I remember one of my first words was lob that I love. <laughs> <Lob, laughs> like a lob pass in, in basketball. Uh-huh. And I just I was like, whoa. <laughs> it just like hit me weird. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote down. Next one was Ricochet. I'm like, wow. that's is a great that French? One. I don't know, but yeah. it sounds like sick. Yeah. Right. So I just started this list Now I'm probably, you know, eight years later, I'm like probably 10 pages deep, but it's just, like pretty filled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's such a, when you
0: told me that for the first it. time. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> come back and read yeah. it. That would be really funny. Um, no, when you first told me that i was like that's when it really shined of like you i feel like you do there must be a word for it but like lover of words like you just appreciate that where i'm like oh like it's fun to say for me like ricochet yeah or like um like epitome like that's another one is that (laughs)
1: great word word.
0: thank you um Um, maybe i'll put that on my own yes but like those types of things where i'm just like oh like i kind of just read it and it's done but for Mm -hmm. you you kind of like take a second be like oh like you think about that word and like the fact that you consciously write it down is so cute for me. (laughs) I'm like, that's so adorable. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, like that, I think that's why we also, we get along so well Is like, yes, people do use perspectives a lot, but it really like words, the things you say, like written word or verbal, like they really do make an influence Mm -hmm. or have an influence on you. So like, that's why I love podcasting. And I know you also, love podcasting you know when I asked you to come on here I, I didn't know you were excited um and I also thank you because I remember telling you for the first time that I had a podcast I was like you were so intrigued
1: I was so I, just like <laughs> that you had one in college I was like good you know that's it takes a lot of effort and time mm-hmm. and I was telling you earlier again pre-recording <laughs> yeah it's like the good <laughs> stuff happens before yeah but it's like no yeah so what I I heard from a Mentor, maybe honestly, it was a, another podcast.
0: <laughs> My personal mentor—they
1: <laughs> got a podcast, like they can feel like a personal mentor yeah. do time know Maybe just from someone I knew, or yeah, <laughs> a podcast that I heard this morning. It's just fresh. Yeah, but it, they said that, like you know, a lot of. let's going to sound maybe a little dark, but like <laughs> a lot of thoughts have already been thought. Yeah, like, humans have been around uh-huh. for like. A long time. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> how long. So exactly. Long. <laughs> yeah. But like a lot of these thoughts have, have been thought and like the people who are true innovators, mm. you can be an entrepreneur, right? But true innovators like execute on that mm. thought. And relating back to your podcast, like, I don't know, the hardest part is executing. You can think of all the things and that's sometimes the problem I have. I'm like, I have all these... Right. And it's like yep. the strategy and the execution. Mm-hmm. And the people who do that are the ones. And again, I don't like using the term successful. You know, I use that loosely because success, I mean, yeah, it can be defined in so many ways. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. subjective. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's why I applaud you for it. I was really thank you.
0: Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it takes um a second to be able to execute, and that was one of my hesitations, I think, to launching the podcast is. I was like, okay, I'm similar. I have so many ideas and mm-hmm. I just want to share all of them. And I just
1: want them to be done.
0: who's going to do them? But that being said, like we're both also like workhorses. So yeah. I knew I could see like the end goal insight. And so having to work backwards of where do I want this to go? What do I want to, like, what's the intention behind mm-hmm. the podcast? That was some of the harder decisions for me because I was like, okay, if this is the intention, how do I want to then execute it? And luckily I feel like I've just kind of stumbled into the right answers. Like I have what I do right now, my whole process, and it's mm-hmm. working for me now. I mean, mm-hmm. also we, we've talked about where I want to go and, you know, expand and learn from other people, the other resources that, that are out there. Cause I know there are so many, but yeah, I, I think, th- uh, thank you. I, um, I, it honestly is a comfort for me. Like when people are intrigued mm-hmm. by my podcast, because like promoting it and kind of getting the message out there is definitely a struggle for me, but that also ties back to the reason as to why I started it. Mm -hmm. And so I started it to be something that kind of holds me accountable to make sure I'm like meeting new people. And I'm actually taking a second to set aside some time to be like, okay, I want to chat with people in a way that's outside of what I would normally do. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, obviously we talk a lot. And so, but I want to like set aside time where it's like, I can talk to them and get to know them on a deeper level. And so that was kind of my rationale as to starting the podcast, but I wanted to ask you, cause I know you are working on the, or podcast theme, which I know yeah. it's new to you, yeah. but just in general, like, why do you, why, why do you think like this world kind of interests you of like, either just like written or like verbal communication, like okay. content yeah. creation? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think going back to my, my love for words, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had to find, it started with like finding a strategy, strategy for my essays in college. Mm -hmm. Didn't really come to me until my, my latter years. I'm like, how you know, you can use a basic framework, how to frame an essay, but like, how do I want to create essays and use that framework each time? And honestly, Mm -hmm. I learned from my younger brother from this, because he is really the most, regimented, like framework guy you, mm-hmm. you'd ever meet. And he, he's just a brilliant writer and writer writing to me. I feel like I say it way better. And then when I write, I try and perfect, perfect, perfect.
0: Uh, yeah. So
1: that's why I like the the, t- <laughs> the writing blogs and stuff that I just like have backed away from, but I started in college doing my, the beginning of my essays, I'd always start with like an idea, a main idea of the essay in one word, mm-hmm. um, whether that was, uh, well, I'll give an example later, but, and then from that word, I'd take like the Latin root or whatever root it was from, whatever language I'd research the word. I think it's called, it started with the etym- etymology. Yes. Of yeah. that word, like whether it's Latin root, so it's like neo, neo, that means modern. Mm-hmm. Think, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember like new, it neo? I means new or modern. Mm-hmm. We'd use it in uh, uh, oh, neo Marxism in my environmental <laughs> studies class, that's where it was from. Anyway, so like you'd start with some sort of root, um, of the word, and then I'd like go into the history of it and how that relates to the essay, mm, the greater essay. Yeah, so I'd have to like think about starting like kind of philosophical and then I get down into the nitty gritty, but I really like, liked that framework for Mm -hmm. myself. So I was trying to like now post-grad think of a different framework for myself Mm -hmm. to like express my love for words. Um, and just not even my love for words. That's really not the main purpose. It's like, you know, meeting intentional people, trying to understand them better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why, like when I saw your podcast will learn to listen before I met you, right. Mm-hmm. You have to have an intent to listen.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's
1: like, it's hard to listen sometimes. Oh, yeah. very. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yes. like, you know, who, who are we if we're not listening to our, our peers, like mm-hmm. intentively?
0: Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. It's like, we could have planned yeah. this. We didn't stage it, but. Like that was the rationale behind the name. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I see yes. the Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like so for me, I was juggling with like what do I call this? Cause I wanted it to be focused around vulnerability, mental health, like getting to know people, human connection. Mm-hmm. Um and so I had like I, I oh my gosh, I I I should probably open up that document of like all the running names I had, but learn to listen stuck out because one of like the order of like, learn to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I like the symmetry of like the L to L, but I wanted, I feel like myself, I'm usually decently good (laughs) (laughs) at stopping and like truly listening to a person. Of course you can get caught up in the moment. Yeah. But I wanted to like encourage other people to do that Mm because when I started the podcast, I felt like I mean, it was in the height of COVID coming back senior year. And so I just saw a lot of frustration about like people just missing their like missing what other people were saying. And it wasn't just about COVID, but like everything that trickled down from it and just like mental health as well. Um, And like, the overall being of a person. So that's why I chose learn to listen is because I'm like, you definitely have to, it's difficult, but you have to commit and say, I, I want to learn Mm
1: -hmm. like
0: more about you or learn about this subject, but you kind of have to take a step back before you start speaking and, you know, sharing your own opinion. And you have Mm -hmm. to just listen. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, some of the greatest lessons that I've learned is when I'm not trying to think about what I'm going to say in a Mm -hmm. response, but really just like hearing someone out and just letting them, giving them the space to speak their truth, mm-hmm. and then maybe I need a couple of seconds to like formulate what I want to do and like what I want to say. But I've learned that's I've, I think it's a way more, um, like it it educates me on the person mm-hmm. way more than I think in my younger years when I would just I would like my gut reaction is like oh I have to say something mm-hmm. to prove like my intelligence to prove that I'm creative something along those lines. And now I'm like, okay, there's beauty in just sitting back and I mean, like, what do you think? And letting yeah. someone else
1: talk. Definitely.
0: Cause I think too, like if, if you ask someone about their opinion or about themselves more often than not, they're willing to talk mm-hmm. about it. It's just so rare that you get an audience where it's like, I want to purely just know more about you. Mm-hmm. And because I felt like I didn't not, didn't get a lot of that, but I was definitely in a lot of my relationships, like either, Um, just like amicable or romantic Mm -hmm. I was the person who was more intentional about being like tell me about yourself rather than offering up information about me and you know my perspectives and because of that I think it I learned with time to always do that and not like outwardly share unless I was asked and so that's like a very roundabout way of agreeing with what you're saying of like if you just sit back and truly listen I think that's where a lot of the like connection and where a lot of the space Mm -hmm. to each grow can be. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's you, I mean, you walked right into like the essence Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is this podcast (laughs) and it worked out really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I I mean, I, I feel that I, I think we are in high school before that I was pretty private Mm -hmm. about what was going on in the moment. Yeah. Uh, Whether it was, you know, life happenings yeah i don't even know if i'm still like comfortable share that publicly Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are but you know it's becoming more of an open topic and just some parental problems just put it lightly um you know and then once i had time to like reflect in college a little bit i felt more comfortable like sharing Mm -hmm. and just like being open about it and I just felt like I listened to so much in, in high school, I'm not talking about for my friends, but my whole life, just listening and yeah. listening. And then like in college, it just, and now kind of now having the time away from it, I, you know, I yeah. just can learn a lot. And listening was really important in the moment, but it's also like a balance of yes. in certain situations, yeah. <laughs> like speaking mm-hmm. you know, your voice in the moment too. And like, that's something at work that, you know, you don't want to be too, too hot to reply to something that, you yeah. know, maybe offends you personally. Well, mm-hmm. there's different scenarios. Different, yeah. You know, you don't want to be a bystander in certain situations, but like in situations for, I guess yourself in an uncomfortable comment from a coworker. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For example, um, it's like, I like taking a couple days, soaking it. In, right. And yeah. Be like, hmm. You know, how should I react? How should I address this later? But it's like, sometimes you don't want too much time to pass.
0: Yeah. Cause then and it's then like awkward yeah, timing. And sometimes
1: it's better if it's mm-hmm. a bystander situation, like to do it in the moment. But I think like, it's harder to stand up for yourself in the moment. It's for easier sure. for someone else, at least yeah. in my experience, like, like, Hey, like, or, you know, yeah, you defend that other person. But when it comes to you, it's like, Oh, it's like,
0: it's one of those things that I feel like, I mean, looking back on something, you're always like, oh, you can have regret can fill you a lot. Mm-hmm. It can fill you ease easier um, mm-hmm. in the moment. And I think that's part of maturing, too, is now you have like the words and the confidence, hopefully, to be able to address a problem. So it's like even if you're taking a day or two to like sit with him, and be like, OK, what message? Why did like I have to sit with this to see? what really bothered me mm-hmm. or like, even if it's something that doesn't bother you, but it's something that is super important to you and you want to make sure you convey the right message. Mm-hmm. You kind like, I think it's smart to take a second and really think about it and then be like, okay, this is why it's important to me. Yeah. Like, I want to share this with you. So you're not like stumbling over your words and, um, like
1: respond appropriate. appropriately yeah. and professionally too. Mm-hmm. Like
0: I do, I do want to pivot a little bit because I know we've been talking a lot about yeah. like our past life, but, mm-hmm. and this is a little bit of our past life. Cause I know you just went to Colorado, but traveling, mm-hmm. um, I know we've both traveled internationally mm-hmm. a bit and we've never really gotten a chance to like talk about it. So yeah. I wanted to ask you first, like, where did you go? Like that whole backstory, but then mm-hmm. what was the reason that you traveled? Mm-hmm. Like, were you encouraged by family members or? Did you just kind of always want to travel?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite topics <laughs> I'm on, I'm sure you too. Yeah, my, my freshman year of college, I applied to a grant to study, um, do some research on the Holocaust. And honestly, my original attempt for the grant, I was like, hmm, you know, I can get some money to fund me to research something, you know, that's meaningful to history. And mm-hmm. like, I can learn more about it use my German translation skills, um, but also I had the opportunity to go to Berlin for two weeks with my professor wow. oh, a few kids. Huge. Yeah, Yeah, so it's like, there's it a small group, and it was funded, so it's like, you know, and I, I did win the grant. I was very grateful for that, so that was kind of like my, I wouldn't say that was necessarily a, a fun trip, yeah, but oh, that was yeah. an intro. I mean, so we yeah. went with a focus, like, on the Holocaust, so we mm-hmm. went to Sachsenhausen concentration camp, we went to, I mean, every museum, I, I translated like uh, National Socialist Party, okay, Nazi Party mm-hmm. le- uh, officer letters. Wow. And my research was on the language of the letters mm-hmm. to try and okay. like, to try to gauge um, like if they were still emotional to their family mm-hmm. in their letters, yeah. although there oh, this was really genocide going on. Yeah. And I, I only translated maybe 12 letters. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a grand research project, but I wanted to see. I'm like, you know, do they still, like, how are they communicating to their family? Mm-hmm. Are they that brainwashed to where they don't feel like love anymore? Yeah. Like,
0: can they compartmentalize? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, how can I find that in letters, yeah. basically?
0: That's a really interesting. Yeah.
1: Movie. And it, it was. Yeah. And, I think I, I mean, I first wanted to travel and then I really got into the research. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like was a dose of reality. Number one, number two, really neat to be with my professor one-on-one and with a small group. Um, and then third, yeah, kind of opened my eyes traveling. And I'll say what kind of spurred that originally is, um, you know, we had four kids. So traveling abroad was very expensive. Yeah. Young. Parents, mm-hmm. well, they weren't divorced at the time, but um, they did my dad for his job built up trips, um, over time. And he, we did one trip to Italy and we didn't mm. travel very often, right. we went to a family reunion every summer. And that was yeah. somehow across the U.S. Shout out for Ashton reunion. <laughs> yeah. Um, that could be another topic, yeah, that's true. but, um, yeah. So like them investing in that trip, which they paid off for a very, very long time mm-hmm. um, because they knew they wanted to get us some sort of international experience. Yeah. And my parents didn't travel at all. They're both from the town they grew up in, small town yeah. in Illinois, both stayed and only lived in Illinois. So I, I really need to talk to them what's for that. Mm-hmm. But that at a young age, like they- How young were you? Uh, okay, I was 14. No, that's so so not. But like, it just really opened my mind mm-hmm. And like my brothers and I like snuck out and we were in the oh streets of like Rome alone. And then yeah. we were like at the batting. And it was just, it's just, I'm like, what is this? And my youngest brother, I don't know how much he even remembers, but it just was so formative because I was from like a small town in Illinois. Yeah. And anyways, that's for the, the Germany trip. And then mm-hmm. I ended up studying abroad my junior year in Marseille, France. Um, so it's the Southern tip of France okay. among Saint-Tropez and.
0: <laughs> that um, sounds so elegant. Yeah,
1: yeah, Saint- <laughs> and I don't speak French, I just speak German, so it's not good. But, um, yeah, so I, I originally wanted to study in, in Lebanon, mm-hmm. which is where my, my dad, my dad's Lebanese, his family's from. Um, it wasn't necessarily safe for me to study there. I probably could have, but there's kind of a lot of people against it even though I still like think that Mm -hmm. a trip there will kind of complete, like complete me. Uh, Some things that I've just really felt, I think it's just because I have that deep longing for understanding like that part of my identity, Mm -hmm. although I'm third gen, like it's still, it's still like 100% Lebanese and like we still have some, like some cultural a lot of cultural norms mm-hmm. um still still intact
0: yeah. Just, yeah yeah no i so i traveled when i was 14 as well yeah um i went to oh, you did. yeah same
1: see it, no it's age. a
0: formative age
1: it's because we were like yeah. in high school and high school was so big mm-hmm. right it's
0: like, whoa all yeah, yeah. yes and yeah sports mm-hmm. and, okay the whole shebang yeah, yeah. so i i I like, I, I can't, I wish I remembered, but I think where like I caught the travel bug was more, so my sister, she applied for, um, this program and it was called people to people student ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And so you applied, you got accepted. And then it was like a, a local group mm-hmm. from your area schools all across the, the state would go and travel together with, mm-hmm. um, with like some not not sponsors, with some what do you call those adults who watch oh, over knows. you? No, adults who watch over you, like chaperones.
1: Okay,
0: um, <laughs> chaperones. And so it was probably like a group of thirty kids, uh, mm-hmm. like ranging with like within two years of each other. Mm-hmm. And she went on one of those trips to Europe. And I saw just like how much fun she had and all the, like, she came back and I was like, oh my gosh, that's such like an immature adult thing to do. And so I, of course, wanting to be like my older sister, I was like, okay, I have to be the same thing.
1: Yeah. And
0: luckily it got accepted. Oh and I went to Europe and we went to seven countries, wow. but to go to seven countries um, at 14.
1: That's huge.
0: It was, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I was just in one, I was just in like, Rome. It
0: like as opened as up my whole life and yeah. I was like, oh my God, there's this whole other world yeah it's right kind and
1: of crazy <laughs>
0: yeah and i think one of the things that i took away of course like outside of traveling is that's what made me so comfortable with being independent because mm-hmm. that, that was the first time i was away from my family yeah and i was
1: at 14 yeah like
0: to think just like to think about how many changes like you're going through how many new thoughts are running through your head mm-hmm. at that time to travel and like to be without my family and they were so good they like they said like you reach out to us when you want to talk like you' mm-hmm um, bless my parents. My mom was probably like freaking out, but like, so they were so good about like being like Texas when you can, whatever. But like, I was off of like offline for the most part. Yeah. Off the grid at 14. Like when do you ever get that? Right. And so I think that's where I realized I was like, Holy crap. Like I need to do this as much as I can. And then, Luckily, bless my parents, they like sent us, my sister and I on those trips. My brother just didn't want to go for mm-hmm. some reason. But then I applied for a grant the next year. and It was like a writing competition mm-hmm. and I won it. And I was like, OK. And yeah. so the following year, so when I was 15, I went to the South Pacific. Mm-hmm. So Australia, New yeah. Zealand, New Zealand and Fiji.
1: Down
0: there. Oh, down under. <laughs> beautiful
1: over there yeah
0: yeah it was so fun and so that's kind of what i think awoke for me of like that love for travel and just like absolutely seeing the world and like people from a different perspective and i think that's why now like i could probably trace it back as to why mm-hmm. i'm so accepting i i'm so curious about other people like i really love that human connection mm-hmm. is because i'm not really that like i'm not fearful of yeah it, you know because i did it from a young age so it's yeah. it's kind of like I'm more accustomed to yeah. it versus um people i think who haven't traveled and they would be i think more apprehensive mm-hmm. to like get to know people um mm-hmm. like different from themselves
1: yeah i mean it's kind of hard to like pinpoint like because I, I do relate a lot back to childhood because i i mean that's when a lot of i mean that's oh, when yeah. you're like literal mm-hmm. you're, like, you're forming God yourself it's like yeah you're from age zero <laughs> to five like you're your for, your brain's formulating all these like connections and i think yeah. literally your neurons are yes they do yeah mm-hmm. until age five yes. and like
0: even i mean until well, like 25, 25 but, but yeah. like
1: formatively like, i think it's 70 like percent mm-hmm.
0: Yes, whatever. yeah i mean it's a huge it's yeah. a huge jump
1: yeah so i'm not sure what happened there that but i think just like yeah row also like, just roaming around my whole town just feeling mm-hmm. like i own the place <laughs> like rather like this is like
0: like being my, an explorer. Yeah,
1: like a little explorer. And <laughs> Then um, I remember I had a Paris room for like two oh years. God. I think a, like half right. the girls had yeah. that, but I, I love that. I definitely, um, I
0: had a little earring hanging yeah. that was like, I love i
1: sour, I'm a And then um, I also think like once I started understanding like the Lebanese part of my family mm-hmm. um, and then my mom's really into genealogy and she's mm-hmm. German-Norwegian, um, Like, I really wanted to try and understand, like, wait. So I came, like, at a young age, I'm like, whoa, whoa. So, like, you came over from Lebanon Mm -hmm. and you went through Marseille, where I studied, the third largest port city at the time of the second immigration wave, late 1800s, early 1900s, and then, like, came to America. And it's, like, I just felt that I, like, was trying to feel me being there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this sounds bad, but, like, we not sounds bad, this is, like, we're so blessed for having mm-hmm. this because a lot of people don't have yeah documentation, especially in America, mm-hmm. when you're a refugee or uh, African-American, mm-hmm. I mean, so, but we, like, kept really, really strong documentation yeah. of our immigration over, and it's just, like, we have we have a book, like, mm-hmm. I, I just, that's, I that my no, It is, yeah. it is, and I, like, it's literally from, like, I, mean, I shouldn't say this, I don't know, but there's like a a story that like Jesus stayed at a Ratchett's home in the Middle East. In the oh my Middle gosh. East no way. On really? his travels. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, yeah. and that's what's the past sound, right? Uh-huh. But it's like, and I think since the Middle East for me, like, was, like, that's where humanity like, mm-hmm. started. Yeah. That's where humans were first, right? Mm-hmm. Or It started there. I think that just like kind of blew my mind. I'm like, so how far back does my lineage go? And I was like, so. It kind of gets like, anyways, it gets to
0: that big picture.
1: Yeah, like I just blew my mind at really young age. So I don't know if you had one of those points that you were like something weird. You're like, what? Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think. I mean, I definitely, I have had those moments. I can't think of like the first one that I ever had, but I remember- I um, was scuba diving Mm -hmm. in, or yeah, in the Great Barrier Reef. And so, Well. I mean, yeah, I mean, like mic drop first of all. Um, But I just remember, so you're like set up on this boat and then you descend and there's like a little, um, it's like in the boat, there's a walk down like stairs basically Mm -hmm. to go down into the water. And I remember going under and it was just all these barracudas and i was like oh my god like nobody prepared for this i mean barracudas are terrifying
1: i can't ask what that is it's a fish
0: yeah okay so barracudas are like they're like some of the okay i i'll fact check this after but um like they're some of like four things i
1: said yeah no
0: no (laughs) we'll wrap that into this conversation um so barracudas are like they have like very sharp teeth they're very good at swimming like i think they're like they're, they're not like piranhas, but they have the same reputation Mm -hmm. of a piranha of like, oh shit, you see one. You're like, that could like like eat me. me." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So I like, I get into the water and that's the first thing I see. And why they were there is because they're so used to tourists throwing food over the boat, Mm -hmm. that they just circulate. So those ones don't, they like, don't really attack you. But like, I mean, for me, I was 15 and that was like the first time I was, I, I got my scuba diving certification for that trip but
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: it was awesome but I just remember like going underwater and I was like oh I am very much um the like what happens in this ocean is very much out of my hands like and I remember there was a huge fish too that was probably like a ton like literally weighed a ton and it just like slowly came up like next to me and I saw it in my peripheral and it was just like looking at me and I was like oh my god like it it was one of those moments where I was just like Big picture, yeah. Like I'm I, such a little small part yeah, of it.
1: Yeah, and there's this one-ton fish swimming next to me, mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm a, yeah, in this massive ocean, mm-hmm. and that's like, no, that's a great,
0: yeah. So I remember, I remember that. There's probably other ones that came before it of like, oh my god, like this is there's a huge world, and like you can't even really yeah. like picture in your mind, yeah, how big it is. But I think that traveling, that was one of those things that really like stuck with me yeah. of like oh my God, it's out of your control at some points, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff.
1: It is. And that's, I mean, that's internationally. And so you went to seven, I, I also went to seven countries in Europe as mm-hmm. well um, before study abroad got cut short. And a lot of us mm-hmm. probably uh, yeah. felt that. That's okay though. <laughs> but it, like, I also want to note that like, I mean, traveling for us, especially, you know, at high school or younger, I mean, it's definitely a privilege to do that, oh, yeah. like, whether, yeah, your parents saved up for it or whatever their financial situation was, like, um, you know, traveling's expensive and it's, it's like, not everyone can have that too, but yeah. you can get it in different ways. And I mm-hmm. think that, um, like being in that small town growing up by it, like you had to be really creative with yeah. what you wanted to do, <laughs> right. um so like you can find traveling in, in little ways too in mm-hmm. your in your head more yeah <laughs> or like to the river you know yeah. like explore, just, like explore, exploration. Explore, an, an explorer a mountain or a, yeah. a farmer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like i know i definitely see that like come out and i think I think that's where people's creative side also yeah. comes in like people who express themselves through music or like through theater or something mm-hmm. growing up. I feel like that's them exploring like the same things. I think that you can get mm-hmm. if you travel if like you're exploring yourself, your place in the world, yeah. like your personality, your independence, your yeah. creativity, like all of that that kind of came with traveling for us. I think there you're completely right in that there are other ways to find to express
1: it that, mm-hmm. that, that urge for explanation exploration yeah. and that's the other thing that I've like I've thought about kind of a lot is that I'm like you don't have to physically be moving for mm-hmm. you to feel like and go physically traveling to here and exploring all day and you know it's like I had to like learn that like and I think pandemic forces is like yeah you have to be okay with mm-hmm. being like said not sedentary but like with one yourself place. yeah and with yourself but also like I think like changing geography is good like mentally at least mm-hmm. for me it is like just to explore in something new but it's like I, I also thought a lot I'm like I need to be okay with like not having to go somewhere else to feel yeah. like I'm getting away mm-hmm. getting away um or you know how, yeah. how can you do that in ways that doesn't you know, take money or like you can't travel this pandemic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I know we were talking about um, Colorado too, like yeah. just like the mountains, like yeah, it being so, I guess like monumental or like one of those parts in nature where it's just like, like so scenic mm-hmm. and it's like the same thing we've been talking about of just like being able to like take a step back get out of your own perception Mm -hmm. or like your own reality for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then see it's like there's all this like serenity or peace and it like makes you reflect a little Mm -hmm. bit I think that's what I love about like traveling or the creative side like this podcast as well is like it kind of forces me to check myself and like check my reality Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I I appreciate like all those different kind of creative outlets that you can have yeah because yes. I feel like it's so hard to make time for them. But when you mm-hmm. do, I'm always grateful and like mm-hmm. thankful for the opportunities or, you know, pushing myself to, like, try something new.
1: Definitely. Have mm-hmm. you been to a decent amount uh, of the United States as well?
0: I think so. I haven't. I think I've traveled internationally more than.
1: Okay. Like I would actually second that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been to decent on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's nice when you have family living somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you can stay with them, mm-hmm. but East Coast—I don't know really many people. Yeah. That's where you're from originally. Then mm-hmm. um, of course everywhere in the Midwest, yeah, to get to yeah, like <laughs> <talk. laughs> I've definitely
0: traveled a lot, and like I've been in a car, mm-hmm. but like going to actual cities and staying there for mm-hmm. a little bit. I haven't done that. I think I've done most of that, honestly, out of college. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really, um, unless it was, like, visiting. I guess you
1: being an athlete in college is mm-hmm. probably really difficult. And honestly, yeah. I didn't do much in college either. I mean, yeah, one Fort Lauderdale spring break. Yeah, got to put it in the books. Never again, never <laughs> again. Yeah, just like, but, yeah, uh, well, outside in the United States as mm-hmm. much. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, we traveled a decent amount for rowing, but I feel like you don't get to see the city um, that you're competing in because it's so you know, um, athletically focused, mm-hmm. but I know we've been talking for yeah, like, so say, long. Just um, saying. it's been so fun. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's like any other things that you want to like say or talk about, but this has been so much fun.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what a, a good takeaway for the <laughs> audience is today. This is just kind of us chatting, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know. You know, we're just trying to figure it out post grad. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time to like have time to think about your college experience. And like it's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And try and now like that you're in the realistic working world. Like who who do you want to be? Like what lifestyle do you really want to have mm-hmm. without other yeah. collegiate influences?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All day, every day. Um Yeah, so it's an interesting time. It's hard to articulate. Um, Yeah, we're trying though. Oh yeah, I would say we're doing a pretty good job. Well,
0: I I think we we have a lot on our plate right now, and I think we, for the most part, we're succeeding and at least growing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: if we can't say we're succeeding, we we are learning. So
1: yeah so long oh, story short moved to indie yeah yeah, yeah
0: true <laughs> very true i second i second that a lot so yeah. a fun squad we got here uh but seriously thank you so much for coming yeah, on the thank podcast.
1: you for having me oh my god this always. was a productive conversation
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i definitely definitely think it was all right So thank you all for listening. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think you can hear how much fun we had during it. I wanted to clear up or just kind of like give insight into some of the things in the episode. Literally in the first like five seconds that we started recording, I messed up the name of the podcast. I said learn to learn instead of learn to listen. Uh, I kept it in because I think, shall I say, I think it's <laughs> authentic. Um, it's real. So I, th- I, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Um, I also say rowing isn't a beautiful sport. And when I listened back, I was like, oh, I didn't clarify that, or I didn't say that in the way that I meant to say. I meant like during it, I never feel like I look cute. Like it is a grueling sport. But the sport itself, if you're watching it, you are as an athlete, as a rower, you are trying to make it look as flawless and as beautiful as possible. So if you're watching your spectator and an observer of rowing, it's beautiful. But if you're actually in it, in the thick of things, I mean, I never felt per se, like cute or beautiful while I was actually doing the sport. So in that part of the clip, that's more what I was talking about. Um, and then the other part that I also left in intentionally is just like Aaliyah asking what a barracuda is. I think it's so cute. I also swam on a team um, growing up called the barracudas. And so I don't know if that's the reason that I know what a barracuda is or if it, I like, in my mind, everyone, like, most people know the fish. But if you don't, please let me, uh, please let me know. Um, I had so much fun recording this episode. Thank you to Aaliyah again. Please subscribe to our podcast and on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. And until next time.